Welcome to This Midlife in Bold, a podcast dedicated to women in the middle who want to redefine midlife and uncover what's possible for them in their second act. A bold midlife woman is someone who is 40, 50, 60, even 70 years old and beyond, who wants to be unapologetically unafraid to live the life she wants instead of a life she settles for. Each episode is a midlife mindset dose of motivation, encouragement, and inspiring stories of courage from the host and her guest on how to overcome obstacles and fear to create and live a bold midlife without regrets. Lucia has made a bold transformation in her own midlife years, with her health, her career, and more. She is a master midlife mindset coach, CEO of Midlife in Bold, Inc., and creator of the Midlife Without Regrets Method, a 12-week program designed to help women get unstuck and overcome their fear of change so that they can finally live life on their terms. And now, here's your host, Lucia. Hello, listeners. I am excited to bring to you another interview. So in today's podcast, I interview a client of mine, Ms. Celine Mattison. Celine enrolled in my signature program, The Midlife Without Regrets Method, just four months ago. And let me tell you, she has kicked fear to the curb and she has committed to the process of transformation She's done the work and she's done that because she wants to live a bold midlife. So in just four months, as I like to say, Celine is the poster child for how this program I designed works. She's gained clarity, confidence. She's leaned into using her strengths, uncovered some new ones maybe, and she's created an exciting vision for herself. And better yet, she's taking some decisive action on living the life she wants instead of the autopilot life she has been living. Now, life hasn't been easy for Celine. In fact, she suffered one of the biggest tragedies a young woman could face early on when she lost her husband at age 37 and her daughter, Annika, was just five years old. Understandably, that loss uh, of her husband when she was just 37 left her on autopilot for over a decade trying to keep it all together. Once Annika was off to college, Celine knew she had to change, but she lacked the energy, the necessary tools, and the support to figure out how to make these changes that she wanted on her own. So through the Midlife Without Regrets Method program and my one-to-one coaching sessions, Celine has started her journey to get unstuck just this past October with the goal to sell her empty nest and move to the beach to start living boldly. Celine currently lives in the Colony, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas, and she's originally from Chicago, so I knew I liked her right away. She's a vice president of insights and analysis at a local firm where she assists clients in entering new industries and markets, launching new services, and understanding market forces and future. Celine is someone who is uh a woman's woman. She wants to connect with you and empower you and uplift you and help you out Uh, through her professional network. So feel free to connect with Celine on LinkedIn. I will link her profile in the show notes and send her a message. Don't hesitate to connect with her. And now, without further ado, Celine. I'm so excited to have on the podcast today a client and amazing woman in the middle, Celine Mattison. So Celine, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Um, hi everyone. Yeah, woohoo. Uh, so I am 
50 years old, gonna be 51 in March, wow. Um, and I came from the Chicagoland area, spent most of my life living in the suburbs, in the Northwest suburbs. Um, but I'm down in Dallas now, and I've been down here for 20 years. Um, I still don't feel like a Texan though. Um, so growing up, I am the oldest of um, three children. Um, and my two younger brothers uh, still live up in Chicago. Everybody lives up in Chicago and they're all Midwesterners. I'm the only one that jumped ship and came down here. Um, so yeah, I moved down here 20 years ago. Uh, I love Texas, highly recommended to any Northerner that does not like the uh, snow and the gloominess anymore. Come down to Texas, there's a lot of transplants down here too. Um, so yeah, so um, I am a widow and it's really funny when I tell people that even now, I've been a widow for over 10 years and people still are like, what? But that's one of the top labels I give myself because I think it's important. I am a single mom. I have a wonderful daughter, Annika, who's 19, who's down at Texas A&M, um, studying marine biology. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, being a single mom and being a widow is a challenge. Um, I've been do you know, doing that for the past uh, 13, 14 years of her life. Um, and, you know, just now I've kind of realized that I'm done taking care of her and raising her and she's off on her own. Um, and one of the things that you do as a widow, especially a wife widow with children, is there's two, two things that happen to you. You either um, wake up and say, oh my God, I need to find a partner. Um, I need to be around family. I need support. Lucky for me, we'd been down here long enough that we had a great group of support in family um, and friends that became family. Um, a lot of people that were transplants too that didn't have close family. So I had that support down here. Um, and you know, you either reach out to that and find somebody and get married again, or you don't um, because you have that support in place. And so I was number two, you know, one of the things that comes up when people say, oh, you're a widow. Wow. You know, why aren't you remarried? I didn't need to be remarried because I had a family down here and I still do um, that supports and loves me. And, you know, that wasn't my goal when uh, my husband died and Annika was five was I needed to raise her and then I would figure it out. So I kind of already back then had put myself on the back burner just to get her and love her and support her and get her through um, the big tragedy that happened. Um, and on top of that, I'm a working professional and all through my husband's um, illness, I was working full time. And I was taking care of Annika and I was, so I was kind of like a single mom already. Uh, I had my own business and I worked in and out of consulting. So what would happen is a client would hire me for a project and they'd be like, oh my God, we need to bring you in. We need you to come in and set up. And what do I do? Um, I'm like James Bond and, but legally, that's my favorite thing to say is like, I do competitive intelligence. Everybody goes, Ooh, are you a spy? No, I'm not a spy. Uh, what that really means is that I'm really good at insights and analysis. And I'm really good at bringing different facts together, kind of like CSI, um, but for business. And so I love to work in marketing and sales. And I love to work with uh, companies that are starting up or starting new products um, and just kind of help them figure it out. And I get to do that on a daily basis in my job. Uh, right now I work for BIA Advisory Services and we're really focused on TV and radio companies. Uh, and so selling of advertising in the local space and that's my sweet spot right now. But I did work in biopharmaceutical. And when I was in Chicago, I actually started out working at Rush, Pre Rush Presbyterian and, 
in the teaching hospital doing research. And then I worked for the Alzheimer's Association um, and then up for Baxter for all those in the Chicagoland area, you know, you know where Baxter is. Um, and we lived up in Lake Zurich and all that. Um, I also lived in Highland Park downtown when I lived in the city and commuted. Um, you know, putting that all aside to come down to Texas where things were a lot easier, cheaper, and you know, less of commute was a big deal. Um, but I've always had an entrepreneurial heart. And I've always been really creative and I try to be creative in my job. Um, and uh, one of the things that I miss about COVID right now is we do conferences and I get to travel and I get to meet a lot of our clients and people and I get to speak on stage and I haven't done that in over a year and it's kind of freaky. Like we get on group talks on our webinars and go, wow, I wish we could do this in person. Um, so I miss LA, I miss New York, I miss going down to Austin, um, you know, but it's been, it's been a nice break too. Uh, yeah. what else? Well, that's a, no, that's a great intro, Celine. <clears throat> Excuse me, everybody. I think uh, there's so much there I want to talk about. So um, for those of you that didn't catch the intro or, you know, let me repeat a few things. Celine is what, uh, as I was, a, when I was a teacher would call like my ideal student. So um, she's my ideal client. And um, I don't say that just because uh, she's on this podcast. She truly embraces the clientele that I serve. Uh, you know, a woman in the middle, as I like to say, who is resilient, who's been through some shit, as I like to say, who keeps bouncing back, um, who has to do what she has to do to, you know, survive, take care of, in Celine's case, her daughter alone after becoming a widow, very young widow, but now is like, hey, you know what, what's left for me, it's time for me. So when Celine came to me uh, via a recommendation from another client, I, uh, you know, there's a lot of tears that were shed in that first phone call and rightly so, but Celine entered my program, the midlife without regrets method and has been off and running, um, you know, did everything I asked of her and more was super open to reflecting, uh, was super, you know, available emotionally to answer the questions to come up against her fear and all that. And so, uh, I just, you know, I knew I wanted her on this podcast so that others out there who might be able to identify with one or more of, uh, of Celine's, uh, elements of Celine's story could say, Hey, I'm not alone. So Celine, let, let me talk a little bit with listeners. And, and if you don't mind sharing, sure. what, why now? Like, I know you said Annika, you know, is, is sort of on her own at 19, you know, becoming that independent adult. And, you know, you were invited to my community through a friend, another client, and you know what, why now? And what have you learned from doing all this work, uh, you know, on yourself through my program and through coaching? Like, why now? What, what, you know, what light bulb, if you will, went on that said, yeah, it's time I need to get unstuck and past, you know, whatever's holding me back. Um, well, why now was really probably a year ago. And like most people, when we say that we're stuck and we need to make a change, we kind of make excuses for that. So I did a year of excuses. Um, mm. I, yeah, I think the why now probably happened a year ago when Annika went off to school and I finally was able to breathe and realize that my day was not filled with, you know, that other role and worrying about another, you know, worrying about, I still worry about her, but worrying about everything, schedule, blah, 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 being involved in her life and that. And I was like, okay, um, yeah. And I started making those moves and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that in the sense of the two things that I wanted to do was um, get a new job 
um, and sell my house because I'm an empty nester. So I had the, the dual, the dual thing, empty nest, new house, and just starting to think about like, oh my God, I can live wherever I want because of my job. I work from home, work, work from home for, um, probably about 15 years now. And so that gives me a freedom that before I was restrained by Annika and I'm like, holy moly, you know? Um, so that opened up some possibilities. That's kind of scary. And then I realized, you know, as a single mom, single mom, we try to do everything on our own and ask for help only when we really need it. And even what, sometimes when we ask for help, we take that help back because <laughs> we feel bad. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that happens all the time. And I think I finally was like, I tried for six months, COVID hit and I was not getting any farther and I was getting really frustrated and I was like, I need help. I need, and friends are, you know, friends and family are supportive, but they're not going to be real with you. And they're not, you know, I can't call my mom and my mom's not going to say, here's the tools you need. Here's how you need to approach this. Here's how you need to rethink this. They don't right. do that. They will right. love and support you. So I was like, I really need some help. Yeah. And I mean, given, you know, being a widow and stuff, um, you know, yes, I've done therapy before, grief therapy, you know, uh, therapy for other things in my life. So I knew that if I embraced that, that I was going to have to be committed to it. Also too, because, you know, you should be, I mean, I'm committed to the change and I should be committed. So I try really hard to be committed to what it takes to make that change. Yeah, no, I love what you said about the friends and family being supportive because oftentimes when... I get on the phone with potential clients or I offer, as you know, that free breakthrough call. Um, you know, a lot of people will say to me, well, I'm going to, you know, I have a supportive group of friends or I'm going to talk it over with my spouse or I'm going to, you know, see what I can get uh, covered through insurance on ther with therapy. And I am a huge believer, as you know, in therapy, been through it for a good decade of my life. And therapy serves an absolute distinct function of healing the past. But it isn't as forward, it's not forward thinking like coaching and giving you tools to act in the now for your future. So that's the difference. And then as far as friends, there's only so much support they can give you. And just like you said, your mom's not going to give you uh, a tool to process your fear or make decisions or, you know, uh, show compassion to yourself, which are some of the things that are in my program. So I'm glad that you said that because as you know, my mission is to mid, is to normalize this midlife transformation, right? For women in the middle who've been through, uh, you know, a lifetime of putting themselves last uh, by, you know, necessity, right? Most of the time um, to say, hey, it's my time. I still have a lot of years left to live a life that feels good to me and I need help because I'm scared. And so absolutely the commitment um yours is top notch uh you know showed up to every coaching call open willing to share tears laughter action all of that so that's why i knew that i wanted you as a a model guest if you will uh not only because you represent so much of what is good about being this age but also because you have been such a great role model for my clients, because as you know, we have a community of women. It's not just you in the program. So um, let's talk a little bit about this fear factor, I'm Celine. Sure. It's fear sucks. Yeah. So, you know, you, um, you experienced one of the worst tragedies a young mother could experience, right? Um, I know that Carl was, you know, a, a great soulmate of yours and, you know, just unthinkable. So 
there, there was that, right? And then as you have described to me, you know, you were just doing all the things, right? Not only were you doing the single parenting during Carl's illness, but obviously in all the years following. And you have gotten to this point where you wanted to move forward, you said almost a year ago, right? And so that fear kept you stuck. Talk to me about what that was for you. Um, the fear? Yeah. So the fear was um, based in in a lot of, I'm an overthinker, like a lot of women are at this age, you know, and you have a lot of, a lot of baggage. And for me, it was, um, I'll start with the job first. I was in a, a job role that, um, and one of the things that happens for people, for widows, um, especially women that lose spouses or children, any kind of loss really is that a lot of times you have a big fear of change and a big fear of losing things. So one of my number one fears, because I became the sole breadwinner of the house and had to support my daughter, um, was the loss of a job and not being able to recover from that. Um, one of the catastrophic things that happened when I, we lost uh, Carl was that I was consulting and I had just the month before he passed away, lost my big client. So I completely lost income. He was on disability and I don't care how good your healthcare is in the US, cancer still is expensive. And we had gone through all of our retirement money and our savings, keeping him going. Um, and that, I mean, that doesn't seem like it's, you'd be surprised how much it, when you're fighting something long-term, um, it's amazing how much money that sucks out of you. It's I can not imagine. Yeah. So I had a huge fear of just not being able to recover from losing a job, which was crazy. And I had held on to a role in a job where it was not healthy for me. It was causing a lot of stress. Um, it was making me depressed. It was not going anywhere. And the environment that I was working in, even though it was telecommuting, I was working with a lot of toxic people um, and a, leader, a leadership in a company that was going nowhere. Um, and it was really just starting to physically um, and emotionally hurt me. And so I was afraid that the job had held me back the job was not going to allow me to get another job because I wasn't marketable anywhere else anymore because I'd made the bad choice of staying with the job that I was not going to be able to find, you know, a comparable salary anywhere. And that I was just kind of stuck. It was like being at the bottom of a well and looking up and knowing that there's a path out and not being able to figure out how to start. That's a great description. So what happened after what happened? Uh, what happened? <laughs> uh, what happened? Yeah. yeah. Um, well then, then I, um, I just, um, you know, I, I found your group and I started doing what most people do is I started getting like help books and kind of looking like, Ooh, how do you, you know, how to build a resume, talk to a bunch of my girlfriends who are in leadership roles, see if maybe I, I could get a mentor. Like, you know, I approached it like a business lady, like a mm -hmm. boss. You know, what tools are out there? Who can I ask for help? And then, you know, one of one of my um, dear friends from Elk Grove introduced me to your group, and I started just kind of watching and lurking. And looking I love the lurking, <laughs> lurking, reading, looking at some of your videos, going talk to a couple of my friends, like, what do you think? Some of them are like, oh, I wouldn't pay for that. And I was like, okay, but it's, it's, it's coaching. Like that's like paying for, you know, and I was like, okay, well, if this can help me get unstuck and start moving, at least progressing on the job front, that would be great because I don't know what to do. And if I'm going to throw money at a resume, 
you know, thinking that that's going to solve the problem. I don't think that's the problem. Um, and so that's when I reached out to you and yeah. yeah. And I mean, again, it's just because I just didn't know where to start. Uh, I kind of knew where to start, but then that was wrong. And then I just got stuck again. Yeah. So many good nuggets there that I want to touch on. So first of all, you're so good at painting that visualization, like being at the bottom of the well and trying to climb out, you know, there's a way out, but you, you have no clue where to start. So you, you know, you just do nothing. A lot of women think that's a lack of motivation, but it's really just overwhelm and fear, as you know, and throwing spaghetti, as I like to say at the wall thinking, well, this will be the fix. So in your case, you know, wanting a new job, let me hire a resume writer, which of course there is a place for that as well. And, you know, a great resource to have, uh, you know, to use if that's something that you really need. But for you, as we, as we both know, it, you know, it's more than just finding a new job that was holding you back, right? It was the fear, as you mentioned, you've been through tragedy, the loss, you know, not being able to recover from that. And, you know, so much there that you talked about is so much of what I think women who are in this midlife age range um, feel, you know, like, well, why would I pay for that? And I'll just try this and I'll just try that. And a year goes by and two years goes by and three years goes by and more. And you're no, in no place that you want to be. You're still, as I like to say, living that autopilot life, spinning your wheels, probably in the meantime, have spent just as much money on different solutions that don't work, right? There's something different about having someone in your corner, in this case, me, Yep. you know, show up for you weekly, bi-weekly, whatever, you know, whatever it is, um, showing up, you know, uh, with the tools, the, the hard questions, the holding you accountable to make sure that you, you know, complete whatever it is you say you want to do, right. And having that non-judgmental, compassionate and, and really unbiased person, because I'm not, I'm not, I don't know you, right. I don't know you when we first start working together. So I love, you know, what you said about just, it was more than the career, you know, let's talk a little bit about that. What, what did you just, what have you discovered, you know, about yourself in terms of your fears and the reality of the fears that you had and, and how it's more than just your career or finding a new job. Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, I just think that as we get older, we do a really great job of talking ourselves out of everything. And I just wanted to say really quickly too, if you know, you know that you're stuck, if your friends are tired of hearing you and say, keep saying to you, my friends would say over to me over and over again to me, why haven't you got a new job yet? So every time I would complain, that would be the response back. And that was like, that's like a big red flag that you need to, you need to figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the, uh, so again, what was what so just, yeah, your fears, you know, like, oh, obviously, I, yeah, we okay. think it's one thing. And then it's obviously you've, it. you've it's processed funny. through the tools in my, you know, my program and I, and we've talked so much about this. So what have you discovered about what was really holding you back? And, you know, what are some of the big changes that you've already made in just the three months we've been working together? Well, it's that, it's that being brave, the fear of the unknown. It's like, you know, sitting on the top of a, I love, I'll give you an example. I love roller coasters, but I'm scared to death of them. And I'm one of those people that's really anxious in line. But when I get on the friggin' on the roller coaster and I'm on the top, all that anxiety goes away and it turns into excitement. And because even though I don't, I kind of know what's coming, but I don't know what it's going to feel like. And I think a lot of what we uncovered for me was being brave and what that means. Um, and how to be brave and how to get beyond, you know, being stuck and being okay with, um, you know, with 
with the unknown, but also being able to figure out the unknown. Um, so, you know, some of the tools that you gave us were really helpful to kind of lay out things, um, but also to think about them differently. Cause like we all get, we get stuck in, I'm trying to think there was a good example. Oh, for example, when we started the job, when I started job searching, you were like, what do you want to do with the job search? You know, right. And I'm like, um, I'm looking at all of these job listings. None of them are resonating with me. I'm not qualified. I don't think there's my job. And I gave you this whole justification that my role in my job is so specific. It's not like I'm a doctor, you know, I'm, right, not, a right. I'm not like a plastic surgeon that it's so specific that there's never going to be a job out there. And I convinced myself of that. And you had said to me, well, um, you know, besides that, what else, what other, you know, look at other positions that may be outside of your comfort zone um, and look for that. Um, and then we also talked about, you know, maybe if that's the case, then maybe think about going back to consulting. And I was like, wow, that's a great idea. I never even thought about that. Um, but then that brought up a whole other a bunch of fear. However, when I started reaching out, um, and I decided, okay, I'll reach out and see if I can get some consulting gigs and maybe figure this out. And, uh, when I did that, boom, you know, yeah, uh, boom is right. <laughs> I actually got an offer, um, for a consulting gig, um, that is now, uh, turning into, um, a, a full-time position in the future. Yeah. And quite lucrative and, you know, in yeah. puts you in a position where you can make some of these other dreams of, you know, that you have come true. So one of, thank you so much for sharing that, Celine. I want to focus for a second uh, on this unknown, because I think that, you know, humans of all ages <laughs> crave certainty, safety, and security, right? And 2020 and now 2021 still, right? We're in this world where there is a lot of fear. There's hardly any certainty, there's, you know, a lack of safety and that, you know, that unknown is so prevalent, right? With everything from the economy to illness and, you know, all of the above political unrest, social unrest, right? So for you specifically, you know, that fear of unknown, you sort of use that, you convinced yourself, right? You convinced yourself that, you know, these jobs weren't available for you or that they, you know, nothing was going to happen. And I think that we use that as a defense mechanism to prevent us from getting out of our comfort zone, because that's scary. There's no safety security and, you know, in the, in the outside of the comfort zone. Right. So what was it, you know, was it just the act of actually looking for work? Like what finally had you step back and say, oh, well, now I have some information and I'm not as scared. Was that it? Was it just taking the first step? Like, what was it? Well, I really think in your program, I think when we did the decision analysis, like the worst, what would happen if I did made the change? What would happen if I didn't make the change? Mm -hmm. And I think confronting that, what would happen if I didn't make the change really made me realize that it you know, it kind of opens it up and it's like, it's not as big a deal as you're making it. Mm. So yeah, I love that. You know, it's not a giant hairy spider. It's a tiny little spider, you know, yeah. and being able to see that and be like, boy, am I not, I'm, not, I'm just saying this, you know, I know this sounds bad. Boy, am I stupid? Like, what was I thinking? This is a lot easier than I made it. It's like, I made it out so hard. I made it to be such a complex obstacle course when really it was just a straight line. Yeah, and absolutely. I love that. You're so, so good at these metaphors. <laughs> oh, it's marketing in me. So again, like we said, if you take it back to the job hunt, 
it wasn't, you know, I didn't, all I had to do was shoot out a couple emails. It took me honestly an hour to go through my old list, which was a great walk down memory lane, you know, craft with your help, um, a letter, an email. And I shoot it out, shot it out to about 20, 25 of my friends that I've worked with in the past and past clients. And I did that over a two day period in between things. And it really wasn't any more time than anything else would have taken like to, um, you know, to do that. And I also made a commitment too to continue with the um, submitting my resume to any kind of job that was remotely close to either a company that I thought I'd be interested in working for, you know, that met some requirements that we worked on or that had an interesting job description. And even with that, I did get some responses back. Yeah, um, you did. A couple interviews too. But it, it really didn't take much. It was like, you know, yeah, it, it was just, you know, it was surprising to me. Um, and I, I know I say this to you all the time. I think back in my 20s, I would never have hesitated back then. And, yeah. you know, and that hesitation, really, the decision analysis really helped me get past that hesitation. Yeah. So I'm glad you said that because I see the way my nieces conduct their lives. They're in their twenties, you know, and they don't settle, you know, and people talk often about Gen Z and how, you know, they're entitled or spoiled. And honestly, while they of course can learn a lot from, you know, women in our age, I learn a lot from them because why should they settle for jobs that are less than or soul sucking at 23, right? They're, you know, life, life is a compromise, right? You do have to settle at different times of your life for things that, you know, ebb and flow, right? Like when you're in the throes of motherhood and, you know, you have to make some sacrifices, let's say, right? So at 23, 20, my nieces are 23 and 28, like why settle for the crappy apartment? Why settle for the job where the boss is making you feel you know, less than or toxic or harassing you. Right. And so I think that we're much more apt to take risks at that age because we don't know the alternatives or consequences. Life hasn't gotten us, you know, down, let's say you, you obviously, you know, had suffered a big tragedy um, in your thirties. And so we do start to take that mindset. Well, if I can control everything and keep everything the same, I'm safe. Right. Right. And and so I, I call myself a mindset coach because by you, you know, using the tools, of course, that I provided you, but being willing and open to say, hey, maybe I'm looking at this differently. And, you know, what if I try X, whatever that is, you know, in your case, it was applying to jobs that were even remotely, uh, you know, matching an interest. And even if you got the rejections, it was like, okay, the first step wasn't so scary. I could actually update my profile on LinkedIn or my resume and put myself out there. And if you did get rejected, then, you know, that's okay, because you know that now you know what you need to do or what to look for, right? So I do think that in our 20s, we're less hesitant to make the change because we haven't had some pretty devastating things happen to us. We are looking for safety and security because there is more to risk, right? Whether we have salaries that we need to maintain because of our, our home or, you know, kids or whatever, uh, it, it's just a little scarier. And so my goal is to create this environment, the supportive environment for women in the middle to say, it's okay. You don't have to have it all figured out. It's not as scary as you think it is, right? You just need to take one step at a time and I'm here to support you. Yeah. And I think also too, I think the core values, I think in my twenties, I had core values. I remember those core, I could tell you what they are today. I remember those core values, you know, and yeah. 
they were a lot simpler because you're quote unquote hashtag adulting. What my core value was, you know, I'm going to live in Chicago. I'm going to work and I'm not going to depend on my parents and I'm going to build a life and I'm going to look for love. I'm also going to, I also in Chicago at that time, um, I lived up on the North side and there was a ceramic studio off the South court that I was able to go in and negotiate studio time if I helped out around there and taught because I couldn't afford that. And so I did that and I, I went to grad school. I wanted to get my master's degree and I was quite happy. And I remember being happy all the time. And I remember I stuck to those. I never did anything or never said yes to my friends or to a date or to something at work that I wasn't willing to do. Like, right. And somehow like, as yeah, you're right. As you get older, you tend to those change and then you tend to negotiate on your core values too. Yeah. I'm glad you touched on core values because uh, we didn't even talk about that yet, but that's the very first thing I have you as well as anybody who enrolls in my program and works with me do. And, you know, it's called the core values midlife makeover. And I think that it sort of takes some clients back aback at first because they're like, well, I, you know, I started your program or I started working with you to talk about my fear, to get unstuck or to like, you know, make some decisions. Why the hell are we talking about values? Like I know what my values are. And I've even had some people get a little offended as if, uh, they're bad women for not saying that their values are family and, you know, friends and all that. And I'm like, listen, I, we all, you know, I don't, as I like to say, I don't attract sociopaths, right? I'm pretty sure that everybody has some basic core values, like their friends are important, their family is important, their health. But this program and this coaching relationship and this partnership, if you will, is all about you, right? And so take away, strip away the title, strip away wife, widow, mother, employee, daughter, friend, what is important to you so that you can create a life that feels good. And you, you know, as you said, you took and ran with it, that core values exercise right away, because I think no one stops to ask us those things. And we don't consider them because we're in the throes of living that autopilot life, right? So when you come up with your core values at this age, it's, it's almost like giving yourself the, the permission to let yourself be you, right? Again, and let yourself strip away those titles, the responsibilities and say, what is really important to me? And as you know, because you're a client of mine, we use these core values as our North star, right? Like every decision we make, every thought, every person we interact with, if it doesn't align, mm -mm, it's not part of my life. Right. So tell me how your core values have helped you in this um, process, but also just redefine, you know, what you want, Celine. So, yeah, I mean, again, um, I think of it in marketing terms. So Celine Inc., you know, mm -hmm. I work in, in the company I work for a lot of times, I have to talk about the company, our purpose, you know, and what we stand for, and what we do. And I'm like, OK, well, what does Celine do? And so that really is the core values. And some of them brought up had been sitting around that I, I feel like even just putting them down and saying them you know, commits me to them, you know, so things like, you know, spending more time being creative. How can I do that in how I approach my change, but also in how I work? And like, you know, one of the things we didn't talk about, the other thing that I, I'm working on with IKEA is um, I'm selling my house. And so how do I approach, you know, selling my house? How can I be creative to work within a budget? How can I be creative to work with the furniture that I have? Um, and you know, how can I make, how can I make that happen and being creative that way really drives me. Um, and so that was one of my core values. 
one of the other things is, again, don't sweat the small stuff. Because as I mentioned earlier, that seems to be where I, I get hooked up. Is like, if I can't solve it right away, then I'm not going to solve it. Yeah, and that all or nothing sort of mindset. All or nothing, yeah. you know, it's that achiever in me, like achieve, achieve, be successful, you know, and sometimes you're not successful in the small things, but the big, big things you end up being successful because you have to fail. And yeah. so understanding that and working on that and taking a deep breath and pausing. Um, and the other things are really geared towards the other core values are, you know, one of the big ones, and I think a lot of people can resonate with this in midlife, is we get to a point where we're like, we're not, you're older, you don't care as much about um, what the world around you thinks or represents to you. It's about you. So you want less friends. Like, I'm not putting up with relationships that are codependent anymore. Same thing with work. I push back at work a lot more now. Instead of saying yes, 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 I just won't stand for it. But I do it in a professional way, you know. I only do things that make me happy and push towards my core values and my goals. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect description. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Out the door. And it's actually relieving because in some cases I can stop and say, I'm not going to do this because this isn't part of my core value done. And it's not impeding. It's just out of the path. Yeah. Perfect description of how you personally use those core values and how they're meant to be used, you know? And I think that, a lot of times I'll get women on the phone or in our, in our group on Facebook, the large, you know, the large group that you're part of that say, well, I don't even know what I want. Well, I think that lack of clarity is also tied to not really knowing who you are because your identity is so wrapped up in what you've been doing, which isn't working for you, you know? And so if, you know, you mentioned creativity and that's one of my core values is having creative freedom, right? And that's why I love working for myself. I love being able to design programs. I'm offering a free workshop because I just decided I wanted to do that, right? I don't have to pass through, you know, I don't have to ask permission from a boss. If I want to work half day on Saturday and take Fridays off, fine. You know, that's how I creatively use my time. So, you know, like much like you, if it doesn't offer me the opportunity personally or professionally to be creative, Eh, I pass it up. I don't want to do it. And that that is so liberating, right? It's so liberating to be so sure of what you want and who you are. And that's not to say it's not going to continue to change. You know, I think every season of life and every time you up level yourself, if you will, requires a different version of you. And so, you know, one of my other core values is I give myself permission to change my mind, right? If I try something and I do it for a year or two and I don't like it, eh, I'm, I'm okay with that. At least I gave it a try. And I am giving myself permission to change my mind. I think so many women at this age are like, well, the path I'm on is the path I'm on. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like there is like 30 years left, probably at least of your life. Like how, you know, limiting is that to say that this is it for you? And so, you know, I just love that again, Celine, you're just, you know, I consider you a friend now, you know, as well as a client and so much of what you've been through, which is the, again, I think just, you know, completely tragic to have to experience that. And you have bounced back beautifully. And in a short time, like, I think we're just shy of four months working with one another here. You know, you've totally taken this program and the tools and the commitment you made yourself and run with it, like getting the house up for sale, you know, moving shortly, the new job, the confidence, the clarity. It's like, if I could put you on a billboard and a poster child for this program on every freeway, highway in America, I'd say like, this is what's possible for women 
in midlife who, you know, haven't had the picture perfect life, you know, because we often think like, oh, well, that's for that woman. Like she probably has that amount of money or that support, right? We always deflect and that's not the case. Like, you know, you've had financial troubles, you've had setbacks, like, and you're still making the most out of this next chapter for yourself. So I just get so fired up because I love talking about how successful you've been in such a short time. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, you know, and like we talk about abundance and I feel very abundant because of it and successful, but I don't like dwell on that. I'm just happy. Does that make sense? Yes. Makes my heart happy. I feel like women, we say that we're going to put ourselves first, but when you really do, and like with these tools, you are putting yourself first. And I'm not even talking about first uh, in, you know, just decisions, but taking time to reflect and taking time to do the tools and the exercises makes it so much easier to move forward. You know, yeah. it's really, when is, if you think about it, when is the last time you actually sat down with yourself for even you know, and I'm not talking about sitting in the bathtub with wine, um, just like sat down and really reflect on where you are in the world and where you're going, you know? And for me, getting through a tragedy like that, I still look back and it's like post-traumatic stress for me. I'm like, damn, I'm like, wow, I really, I really did it. I really got through it. Cause let me tell you, there were a lot of naysayers. As soon as, as soon as my husband was dead, half the family was like, you're never going to make it on your own. You know, you didn't wow. best. And that was based all just on their fear, not, there was no, you've got a great foundation down here. You need to stay down here for your daughter's, you know, health um, in the sense of her mental health, Um, you know, making major changes when you're a widow, when you lose, when you have a big loss, making major changes right away is just not a good thing to do. And that's impulsively what everybody does. They either, you know, spend a lot of money, you know, do something that they would never do. It's, it's in the books. Psychologists everywhere will tell you that, that it's just, that's the first thing they watch for. So, but for a young child that just has going through this loss, it's better to keep her in with her friends and in a situation where she's not having a lot of change. Yeah. So that that was a struggle as a single mom. I mean, because I was a two income family and we went down to one you know, but I'm like, wow, I really did do it. And I got her off to college. So now she's on her own and it's up to her to, you know, continue that. And I have every, I like just putting that self-talk and being like, okay, now let's work on Celine, you know, because yeah, you're right. We have, I've got, you know, a lot of years ahead of me and there's a lot I want to do, you know? Yeah. I love also that you talk about Annika uh, a lot in our sessions uh, and, how you shared some of this work with her and she's 19 right and I also love that you are including her in your world not only to let her in on hey it's time for mom I'm working on me now but also hey Annika these are some great tools I think you can use and I love that you're sharing that because as you know one of my visions is to have a foundation of bold women mentoring bold girls and attach a scholarship to that. And I, I think there's so much that each generation can learn from one another. And I'm so tired of women my age talking about the millennials and Gen Z as if they know nothing. Cause I think they're pretty freaking amazing and they know a lot and could learn a lot from us and I can learn a lot from them. So I love that you're sharing this work with your daughter as well. Well, I think that, uh, you know, as one of the things that's a challenge with this for a lot of, a lot of women is it's like anything you do, like dieting or working out, who's going to be the biggest critics or the biggest commenters. It's going to be your family because they've been with you the longest. <laughs> yeah. 
they're going to be like, oh, here she goes again. It's the new year, you know, and by including her in it, um, I'm also showing her a great role model that you, there's always, you can always improve and change and make and change and make choices. And like you, we, you know, I had a group women leading in local where we um, helped mentored um, the young women that would attend our conferences and that were in the cities where we had our conferences and we would lift them up and we would do a one hour session uh, with them uh, four or five times a year. And we had an online community too, um, where we were able to help the younger women um, because I think it's really important. I mean, we're all so wise and we've experienced so much and to be able to help the Gen Z's and the, um, the younger generation. I mean, look at Kamala Harris, first, you know, female. Right, breaking glass ceiling there. Yeah, for sure. You and I were in high school, we could have never like dreamed that a woman would reach that level. We, we had a lot of opportunities, but there's so more now. Yeah. Yeah. So Annika, yeah. And Annika too. I mean, she's going through a life change. It doesn't matter. I mean, your, your schools are great for midlife, but they also work for, you know, for, uh, you know, college students that are first on their own that are approaching, you know, things, um, you know, not everybody has it figured out. And uh, my daughter doesn't have it all figured out. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that's an offshoot of this program, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. So no, I just, I love that. And I wanted to let, you know, listeners in on that little, tidbit about your relationship with Annika and how you're, you know, you know, intentionally and unintentionally being such a great role model for your daughter. Well, and honestly, she's still like, you know, by talking about it, she's more supportive. So I suggest anybody out there, if you're working with Lucia or you're going to, that you definitely, you know, let your family know, let your friends know. And, you know, because they're going to, they will be supportive. Yeah. Yeah. They all, my friends know all about it. And I know some of my friends have joined the, joined the big, the big community now. Yeah. Loving them and telling them to watch the posts and the videos. Yeah. Um, you know, they see a change in me. They see a confidence. They see more energy. My daughter said that I seem happier and more, more at peace, you know. Priceless. Uh, right. And I know that our small members only community for women who are in the program uh, really, you know, you offer such great advice for them since you've sort of taken a leadership role, no surprise in that community. But, you know, I think that often I hear from the women who maybe they're not as vocal in the group, but I get the text messages, right? Or the the emails, because as you know, I'm all in on your life. When you become a client of mine, I don't just, you know, shove a program at you and see you once a week. Like I'm texting, I'm integrated into your life. I'm finding out how you're feeling, you know, all that. But they'll say to me, like, it's so nice to hear how other women are handling X, right? And even if they're a little shy or vulnerable uh, or not feeling like they can be vulnerable and sharing everything in that uh, weekly office hours that I hold for you guys, they're, they're listening, right? They're listening to you. They're seeing your confidence. They're seeing your journey and that gives them the support. And that's really the environment I'm trying to create is, you know, women paying it forward. Once you get strong, once you get, you know, past your fears to live the life you want, I, I think we are, we underestimate how much our presence in the world impacts others, right? Whether it's you bringing positivity or a skill or a creative endeavor or just your, you know, your peaceful self to the world. Like, don't we want more of that? Don't we need more of that? And as women at this age, like, you know, we need to show the world and show up for the world and ourselves in a way that is powerful. 
Um, and so, you know, I just, again, I, I appreciate you so much, Celine, um, as the role you, you play uh, in that group and our, you know, our small members only community so much. So um, well, let me ask you this, let's segue into the program a little bit, if you will. So uh, for those of you that aren't familiar, I have a, a program called the Midlife Without Regrets Method, and it's a digital course, if you will, that comes with one-on-one -on -one coaching, weekly office hours, as I mentioned, I'm all in. Uh, you know, in terms of being involved in my clients' lives to make sure they are successful. And it follows my signature methodology of bold. So being brave, optimistic, limitless, and decisive. And within each of those, there are different exercises, if you will, that I have each of my clients do. Which one, if you could point to one, um, and maybe not just one, but let's start with one. Which one of those modules and which piece of the framework really uh, helped you the most? Um, helped me the most or was the most fun to do? Cause there's two different, let's do, let's do helped you the most. And then the most fun to do next. Um, you know, honestly, I have to tell you, I think the brave, I love the superpowers. I, okay. Talk I, to listeners a little bit about what that is. So in the brave module, we're learning um, to have what our power is to help us get over those fears. And we also, that's where you set your core values and stuff. But one of the things you get to do is look, he's got this great um, thing that um, lists, um, it's a online, what is it again? What's it's, a, the, it's a strengths assessment. Yeah. Strengths assessment, but it's not, it's, you know, it's really interesting what comes back and it always, even in our small group, it's always a topic of the conversation. Yeah. It's character strength. So yeah, let me clarify that. Cause I think we're used to as women at this age being yeah. box checkers and achievers and we're like organized and, you know, good planner. And it's not that it's character strength. So I do want to, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's always, it's kind of like the glamour quiz, like, Ooh, <laughs> what's it going to come out? And everybody, everybody ha always has very, um, very heartfelt reactions. And so I love it because it was right on for me. And I, I still flip back, like I have it tagged in my journal. I flip back um, because not only do you take the quiz and you come up with your top 24, and like, no surprise, I'm sure you guys can tell from even from what Lucia, the nice words Lucia said about me, my top five for, you know, appreciation of beauty and excellence, humor, kindness, leadership, and love. Mm. I'm like, woo, you know, um, and then it also gives you the bottom ones too, which are things that you could potentially, you know, resonate because you're like, yeah, mm, you know, yeah, mm, I, uh, I have a problem with self-regulation that's at the bottom, you know, for me. Um, and uh, prudence is at the bottom. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so it really, it's really just kind of like another way, again, like when I talked about, we don't really spend time with ourselves and really think about who, where we are now and where we're going. It's that like, you know, we don't really talk about like what our strengths are as, as a human being and what we put out there in the world and what brings us um, peace and happiness and love. And this really gets to that. And it really, I'm going to start, it really right. helps. So anyways, um, yeah, it's okay to cry. I cry on every podcast I do usually. Well, so but yeah, but and telling me again, this is something that you can share with others and the reflection you get back from them is like, yeah, that's, you know, it's like when they, when you say, Hey, I'm a Pisces, people go like my daughter told me the other day, well, you're a borderline Pisces, you know, <laughs> nobody will tell you that when you say, Hey, my top superpowers are, you know, humor, kindness, and leadership. My friends are all like, yep, that's you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, 
itself is really simple. It's really simple to get back. And it really just kind of boosts your ego, you know? Yeah. And, and much like you said with the core values, like you use those and you lean yeah. into them. And the ones that are not your strongest are, you know, where you can make some improvements to even better your life. Right. So it's, I think, you know, when I designed this program, it's not that I, uh, you know, picked out uh, these things out of thin air, as I like to tell clients, like, this is the shit I went through. Like, I've made my mess my message. You know, I needed the clarity. I needed to find my strength again. And being an educator for 20 years, like, I'd like to say I'm pretty good at developing curriculum, you know? So you being able to use the tools in your everyday life for big and small decisions was the way I intended you know, the tools to be used. And again, you are a model client. And so you've been doing that. And I, you know, so thanks for sharing. So that was the most helpful. What was the most fun to do? Oh, you know, the limitless one. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, being able to um, go in the future, that whole exercise of going in the future and talking to my future self. It's like when you plan for a vacation and you get all excited and anticipate it, like it just gives you the energy and the excitement that you just want to be there. Like, I want to be there in the future. Yeah. And you could not have gotten there from step one, right? Like you had to go through the B and the O, if you will, the yeah. lessons in there to get to that future self, because that's another, you know, another characteristic of the work I do is I, I just don't think women see a way out, you know, and I didn't, you know, I was 20 years deep into a career making six figures, you know, in Illinois guaranteed pretty good pension, you know, healthcare. And I was like, uh, you know, how am I going to do this? Like, because I was so wrapped up in the money, uh, because I, you know, as I've openly shared with all my listeners and people who know me, like, you know, it's been a, it's been a work in progress, my money mindset. And while again, there is some financial practicalities that you have to be prepared for when you're making a big change, you know, uh, you can do it, you know, just letting the money stop you, is no longer an excuse at this age. Um, because as you said, being happy, that's priceless, right? And when you're happy and you're living authentically you, you do feel abundant because guess what? Stuff comes to you, like the job, you know, and the home that you can sell that you didn't think you would be able to, right? And so things, once you put energy in motion, that energy keeps going and bringing you the things that you want in your life. And so, uh, yeah. I think I'm glad that you enjoyed the limitless module because I, I love that as well. That was my favorite one to design. So I'm glad that yeah, you said I, that. I think it's a great, I think it's a great exercise that I can't wait to do again. You know, once, you know, I think it's something that you can, like you said, I think one of the things that you do the most, you say, you always tell us like, well, try it out, go step into that. You know, no one says it's like trying on jeans. Like, I don't know if I'm going to like skinny jeans, but yeah. I put them on, I'm like, wow, these are, I mean, why not do that with what you want to do in your future life? And that, that module really helps you do that. It lets you try things on, um, without, you know, without actually doing it. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. I, I often say, why are we not trying life on? Why are we letting life wear us? It's kind of like when you, you know, back in the day, I would wear clothes that were completely uncomfortable just because it was the fashion of the trend. And I was like, you know, now I'm like, screw that. I don't really care if, you know, I'm not seen as a very fashion forward dresser. I want to wear shoes that make me feel comfortable, clothes that are cute, but make me feel comfortable or, you know, and that's it. And so I want the clothes to fit me. I don't want to be, you know, uh, fitting into something just because that's what I should be doing. Like shooting all over yourself is so 
twenties and thirties. Like when you get to be 50, stop shooting all over yourself. Well, I love that. Well, on the path. So I'll give you an example of how that, that module worked for me. And when I look back and re reflect on it a little is, you know, trying things on, um, you give examples of like, go to the place you want to go live. Well, I've already done that. But what I, I had was, I'm still trying to make a decision on is, do I want to get a house or a condo? And so every time I go down, I'm moving down to Galveston. Every, every time I go down to Galveston, I VRBO either a condo or I VRBO a house and I pretend and see, what do I like? Will I walk to the beach every day? What will I do? Do I want, you know, do I like the neighborhood I'm in? And so I've done that a couple times already. And do I, can I, cause I'm going from a big house to a smaller, can I live in a smaller house? Because you can get roadblocked by that. Like, you know, do I really want to live in a smaller place? Do I, you know, um, can I fit all my stuff in there? And once you are there and you realize that, yeah, this is pretty big and I can fit everything in here, then that get, that's out of the way, you know? Yeah, no, that's perfect. Perfect. Um, well, let me just, uh, we'll wrap up here soon, but I want to ask you one big question before I end with what I end every podcast with. A lot of women who I talk to, the stumbling block for them is making the investment in themselves. Um, you know, whether that, you know, means uh, working with me or not, you know, it could be an investment in, in furthering their education. It could be an investment in coaching. It could be an investment in a new certificate that'll give them some extra skills, right? And you know, I see my investment in myself always from the time I've started, you know, college, graduate school and so forth as a short-term loss, right? Like I'm parting with my money for a long-term gain. So in other words, every time I've invested in myself, a gym membership, personal trainer, uh, private yoga, yoga training, coach training, you name it, I have benefited 10 times beyond that, not only financially, but also in, you know, my life, right? Like just being better off. What would you say to women who, you know, maybe they have to ask permission from a spouse. Maybe they have to put it on a credit card for, you know, you know, for uh, the time being until they can recoup that, whatever it is. What would you say about women who at this age are still stuck, see no way out of that well, as you described, but are afraid to make the investment? What would you say to them? Um, well, if they have to talk to their spouse, I would tell them to tell, tell their spouse that, you know, they are investing in themselves and would love their spouse to help them invest in themselves. It really is an investment, like you said. And um, if you think, I, I think I told you this too, I was like, wow, this is nothing compared to what therapy costs. Um, you're, I mean, everything costs something. It costs either money or time, whatever you do. And, you know, it's, is it time well spent? Is it money well spent? And it definitely is. Um, if you think about what I've accomplished in the past four months, um, besides getting me unstuck, I mean, Lucia has made me feel abundant and financially abundant too. I mean, a new job, um, extra money coming in, um, also getting my house up to sell, you know, so achieving those goals, you know, the outcome, the long-term return on investment is, is so much higher than what you put in it. And it's, it's, you know, it's money well spent. Um, and I would, you know, I would recommend it and I would recommend you really thinking of it that way. I mean, a gym membership is, is, you know, something that you do and you have to commit to it. This is the same thing. Once you commit, you know, you'll, you'll see that and yeah. you'll see that growth and, 
Um, it really, it really is, you know, and people that say it's not affordable, you've been very helpful. And I mean, with COVID and stuff, yep, structuring know, payment plans and mm-hmm. that. yeah, so it's not, you know, I don't have to worry like, oh, I can't call her because I haven't paid her, you know? Right. Yeah. And I do think that, you know, and plus like, you know, you get lifetime access or ongoing access, as I like to say to the community. So even though you may finish the program, you have it for life. You have the community of women that you can show up to uh, every week for office hours. And as you know, I just did our first workshop of the year. So I offer the workshop. So it is an ongoing investment because I'm invested in the outcome as well. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, honestly, therapy, even with a copay, you know, um, you're going to be paying, you know, most places you pay 75 to 125 with a copay. I mean, I had Annika in, in therapy and I was paying 300 a session. So, you know, that's compared to what, you know. Yeah. There's an investment, like you said, no matter what. And so I just wanted to touch on that because it's the elephant in the room for a lot of people. It was, you know, a stumbling block for me for a while until I got out of my own way. Um, Well, Celine, I, you know, I love this conversation. I could keep talking to you, but um, let's, let's, hit on the last question that I ask every podcast guest. As you know, Midlife in Bold is my brand. It's, uh, it's who, I, who I want to be, uh, who, I, who I am and who I want other women to be, living their midlife boldly. So of the bold elements, brave, optimistic, limitless, and decisive, which one resonates most with you and why? Well, it has to be brave because, you know, I've had to be brave my whole life but I've never realized what a great tool that is and how that can enrich my experience. I love that. I love that. Well, Celine, um, I can't wait till we can meet in person and I can frolic on the beach in Galveston with you and meet your daughter. And, you know, really, because that's what happens, right? My clients oftentimes become friends because I attract like-minded women. Um, but until that day, um, we'll, I'll settle for zoom, <laughs> but, um, thank you so much for being a guest on, uh, this midlife and bold podcast. If listeners, especially women seeking professional networking, uh, contacts want to connect with you, how can they do that? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, so, uh, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Perfect. And I will link your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So those of you listening, um, can go ahead and click on that and connect with Celine. Maybe just send her a message that you found out about her through the podcast so she knows who you are. And that's it. Any parting words for our listeners before we wrap up today? Um, just to be, um, to be bold. Uh-huh. I love it. I love it, my friend. All right. Thanks so much, listeners. I will be back next week. Thanks. Hey, listeners, did you hear? My virtual doors are open. That's right. Starting February 1st through the 4th at 4 p.m. Pacific time, I'm offering a spot in my free interactive workshop called the Midlife Mindset Makeover. For four days, you'll get to work with me on mindset shifts that are keeping you stuck and holding you back from that bold midlife. Registration is free, but spots are limited. So make sure you sign up today. I'll make sure to link the registration in the show notes. Hope to see you there, February 1st through the 4th, Midlife Mindset Makeover. Let's do it.